You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour one. Dan and the Dan. It's Dan Patrick Show. Come on in. Stay a while. Got a lot to chop up today. Only three hours to do it. Final day for shipping from danpatrick.com. So if you're going to order something... This is the last day you can do it, and we can make sure that it's going to get there in time for the holidays. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner, and our radio affiliates around the country. Play of the day, stat of the day, poll question, all of that coming up. It took a few games, maybe a few games longer than we thought, but Steph finally broke the three-point record last night, hitting five threes in the win over the Knicks. He moves past the Hall of Famer Ray Allen's decade-long record, and he made it on his uh, second three. And he broke the story at the Mecca Basketball Madison Square Garden. And the garden, when you start to think about all the great memories, uh, Reggie Miller had eight points in nine seconds. Reggie on the call last night with TNT. Kobe goes for 61. That was back in 2009. Michael Jordan's famous double nickel game. Willis Reed playing hurt against the Lakers in the NBA Finals. The NBA greats have all had moments at Madison Square Garden. Uh, You know, usually it's the opposition having great moments at the Garden. Last night's performance gives Steph Curry two great moments there. I go back to that uh, 2013 game. And really, it was an NBA coming out party for him. He had 54 against the Knicks. Eight years later, that little kid from Davidson was back. And this time, it wasn't to announce his arrival to the NBA. It was to cement his status as the greatest shooter of all time. Here's Steph Curry after the game. I think everybody talks about what the greatest shooter ever and all that conversation. And you know, my respect for Reggie and Ray, guys who set the bar for what it meant to be a sharpshooter, to have the longevity as well. And for me, I've tried to own that in my journey in terms of range, volume, efficiency. All those things go into it. So I pride myself on shooting a high percentage. I pride myself on allowing that to help us win games. And now I can pride myself on the longevity of getting to that number that Ray set. And and hopefully pushing it to a number that nobody can reach. We'll see what happens, but that's something that the balance of volume and efficiency for me is the standard that I wanted to set. I never want to call myself the greatest shooter until I got this record, so I'm comfortable saying that now. And he can say it, and there are very few who can argue. Now, you're going to get people who nitpick, as he really hit a big shot in a big moment. All right, if that's your argument, run with it. I don't know how far you're going to run with it, but go ahead, run with it. When you talk about creativity, when you talk about imagination, when you talk about an ability to extend the game, change the game, he can go in, he can go out. He can hit mid-range, he can hit deep threes. He can get to the hoop. These are all the things, if you look at the draft profile, that people cautioned other NBA teams about if you're going to draft Steph Curry. And he's not going to be quick enough, defensive liability, probably going to be a role player, you know, maybe a shooter like his current coach, Steve Kerr, but he made himself better. And, and I think that's the message that should really be realized today is Steph had ankle injury. Uh, you know, they weren't sure if he was going to have an NBA career because of his ankle injury. And if you think about it, how many great players, Hall of Fame players, didn't become an All-Star until their fifth season in the NBA? 
And I remember when Steph was coming out, and we had him on his last two years at Davidson. We would have him on a couple of times, usually during the tournament, because that's when people would go, oh, that's right, that little kid at Davidson. Man, he's fun. And it seemed like it was a cute story. Steph was a cute story. And then the Minnesota Timberwolves had two first-round draft picks. Well, of course, they're going to take Steph Curry, right? No, they're going to take Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio. And then Steph Curry drops right into the laps of the Golden State Warriors right before the New York Knicks. So Steph is approaching 3,000 made threes. And you start to do the math here and you go, okay, what's he going to end up with and who can catch him? Well, there's nobody in the NBA right now who's going to catch him. Nobody's going to catch him. Because he's going to probably put up between 4,200 and 4,500 made threes when it's all said and done. Now, he's turning 34 later this year. Let's say he makes 300. 300 per season. Now, he averages around 330, but he's not going to get that number. But let's say 300. Let's just be generous but not to the point of over-generous. 300 made threes. So I got him up to 42, maybe 4,500 made threes. Okay. James Harden's not going to catch him. Now you can say, well, Trey Young. Well, Trey Young doesn't put up the numbers, doesn't have the made threes that Steph Curry does. He's a good shooter. But I wonder if anybody's going to approach this. Whoever's approaching this is probably in grade school right now. But I don't know what the game will be in 10 to 15 years. Are we going to have 50 three-point attempts per game? Because if you look at this seismic shift of maybe you'd have three or four attempts, and then maybe you'd have five or six. And I'm talking about teams. And now it's commonplace. You put up 30. And I wonder if somebody's going to be able to approach this record. Now, do I think it's one of those monumental records? I don't. You know, I know Steph was emotional about it. It was at the Garden. Ray Allen was there. Reggie Miller was there. His parents were there. And, you know, he probably got caught up in that moment of, you know, I've been thinking about this. I'm reminded about this. I struggled against Philadelphia. I didn't do it against Indiana. I'm going to do it at the Garden. And then I think the emotion hit him. By the way, the buzz in the Garden quickly went down after that. It's like... No, Steph, you got to stretch this out. He needed to make five threes. Then we would have had some drama. By the way, the over-under made threes, five and a half. He ended with five. Oh. Yes. Call that. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> well done. Very rare. Uh, got that right on the nose there. You teased me about it. Of course, you got to put it right by the half. Felt good about that. Okay. Okay. Are you going to take a victory lap? I rarely get a chance to toot the horn, so beep, beep. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to actually run because, you know, then I, you know, I'm going to like get out of breath real fast and make those weird wheezing noises I've been making on the air. All right. Best and worst of the weekend. Todd, start with you. Best the way the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to bring you back to all earth. Right. With I'm your... going for a physical tomorrow. We'll see what it's all about. If he wants to send me for tests. You're known as uh, the Big Gulp. That's what that the was. Big Gulp. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, that's your new nickname, the Big Gulp. <laughs> Seven up sponsorship. Seven eleven. Yeah. Mountain Dew. Are you gonna lie to your doctor? I will probably say if he goes like how often are you working out or whatever I mean. No, 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 no. I he knows about that my you're diet? Li- he can him? he can look at you and know that you're not working out. 
I'd say like three days a week instead of one day a week. But as far as diet, uh, it depends. I'll let him lead me. I'm not, I don't have to give more information than I need to. Why don't you tell him about this one breath thing that you do? I D- should. Just to make sure that there's nothing else going on. I also on. think I have like neuropathy of the bottom of my feet, not that you asked. It's like, it's like I'm walking on sand lately. I'm a little concerned about that. And I was Googling that late last night, and it might be something called neuropathy. Yeah. My toes and the bottoms of my feet feel tight. Okay. Thank so you. I don't know. Thank you, Todd. I ran all the, the lab work and everything, so we'll talk about it tomorrow. Thank you, Todd. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, here is the call last night on uh, Steph Curry breaking the all-time record. Wiggins comes across, working on Fournier. Up top to Curry. Quick release and splash! There it is! The best shooter the game has ever seen has cemented his legacy. No one has made more threes than Stephen Curry. And when you consider he has many more years in his career, he might be setting a record that may never be broken. Yeah, let's say he plays at a high level for four more years. He's 38, maybe 39. Now, he could morph into sort of what Ray Allen became, and that's just you know, a specialized shooter because Ray, when Ray first started out, when he was with Seattle and Milwaukee, I mean, he was dunking on people. I mean, he was really athletic and then he just kind of became the designated shooter. And maybe Steph does that. Maybe he does that for another team later in his career. But, you know, I, I, I ruffled a few feathers. I think uh, when I said, I, I would look at Clay Thompson as a better shooter. Just stand and go around and shoot at different places. But it's the creativity, the imagination of getting his shot that makes Steph Curry, to me, the greatest shooter of all time. But if you said, we're just going to stand and shoot, Clay Thompson, to me, would go toe-to-toe with Steph Curry. There's a lot of guys that would go toe-to-toe with Steph Curry. There's been a lot of great shooters. And Steph is wonderful, but it's his imagination that makes him so much better than everybody else. You have to find these spots, these nooks, these crannies, off balance. He practices the shots he takes in the game. And that's another message that should be sent, or at least heard. Don't just stand there and shoot shots. Steph Curry knows he's going to be off balance going left, off balance going right, a runner here, left-handed here. He practices those shots. So it's not like you go, oh, wow. Man, that that situation came up and he wasn't ready for it. It feels like he is ready for those moments. But this ability to get his shot off and being 6'2", 6'3", at the most. And, and, you know, when he came out of Davidson, he was labeled as not having a good first step. Uh, They questioned his handle. He was a shooter and then stayed one more year at Davidson to become a point guard. But if you look at him... It, it looks like, uh, you know, bring your son to uh, school day every time you saw Steph play at Davidson. You know, the, the jersey was kind of hanging off of him. I don't know if he has shaved yet, but he had that ability to be able to see something. And I think it's lost on people that, you know, they're just certain brilliant basketball minds. And, and Steph was labeled somebody who had a, a really high IQ, basketball IQ. That ability to see something. You know, Gretzky had it in hockey. Uh, Magic had it. It's, I see something before you see it. And that's the genius behind all of that. You know, Tiger would take shots and you go, what? Uh, I remember Pete Sampras telling me that uh, Roger Federer 
was attempting shots that Pete didn't even think of taking. So it's that creativity, that genius that you have. And that's what I always marvel with Steph, is when you watch him play, that there is this innate ability that he just sees something before it happens. And very few are able to do something like that. All right, what's the poll question? You know, I did think this last night. Has Steph Curry been good for the game of basketball? Oh, that's that's double deep Whoa. level. How about Ooh. that? Whoa. Yeah, I did think that. And I don't think he has been. What? I think he has been, for him, the singular aspect of what Steph does has been spectacular. But not everybody does what Steph Curry does. There are a lot of people shooting threes who have no business shooting threes. And you know what? You're the last one to know you shouldn't be shooting threes. Everybody's like, ah, you know, I can get hot. I can get on a roll here. And then if you watch grade school now, junior high, high school, has Steph been good for the game of basketball? I think there's probably an, an over-influence by Steph Curry because everybody thinks they can shoot. And you don't have to be 6'5". You don't have to be able to dunk from the foul line. All you got to do is you got to handle. Can you get the ball up in time quick enough? Go ahead. Take some threes. Yeah, Paul. Steph Curry should uh, tape a PSA. Hi, I'm Steph Curry, <laughs> and you shouldn't be shooting like me. Like and you send it to kids yes. who are not that great. This program brought to you by Impeller. Empower your investment portfolio with opportunities in Puerto Rico. Impeller, a new online tool that connects investors with innovative projects on the island. Available now. Impeller is your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico. Learn more at investpr.org slash Impeller. I can just see the headlines now. Dan Patrick says Steph Curry, bad for basketball. Dan Patrick says Clay Thompson, better shooter than Steph Curry. We know what I just said. And if you put it in context, I, I think Clay Thompson is one of the great, you know, one of those, you know, no dribble, just stand shoot that I've ever seen. But he doesn't have the creativity to be able to get those shots off. He needs help. And that's what makes Steph, to me, the greatest shooter of all time. Yes, Eden. I'm pretty sure you just said Steph is destroying the game. <laughs> it's a hot take for today. Yeah. Today. It's a bold take. But yeah, that's is. kind of what I how I interpret right. your well, monologue. Then, then that's what I said. Steph Curry's ruining basketball. Uh there are times when I watch games <laughs> and I go, damn you, Steph Curry. It's not his fault. It's everybody who thinks they're Steph Curry. Yes, Tom. Why can't both be true? He's the greatest shooter of all time and he's destroyed <laughs> the NBA. It Could is. Both it is. By the way, if you look at the first three NBA seasons, Steph Curry made 372 three-pointers. Trey Young made 497. Now, it should be factored in that I think one season, Steph played less than 10 games. You know, he had the ankle injury, and they thought that this was going to be something that was going to cut into his longevity or that, that chance. So his third season, there was real doubt. Are you going to extend him? And he started like 23 games. There was a real concern. Yeah, McLevin. 
I'm looking at the most threes made in a single season. Yeah, he's got 400. He did it once. 402. Right. There's only one young player who's in the top 10, and he's in it twice. And young under 30. Can you guess which player that is? The most threes in a season. Yeah. Me, let me take a break. And I got to tell you, you love him. That's why I'm bringing it up. Let me take a break. Uh, let's see. We'll come up with a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all that uh, coming up. We'll take a break here. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. It's amazing. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. No limit on how much you can earn. That's pretty amazing. Even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States that take credit cards take Discover. And that means when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. Learn more. Discover.com slash yes. Discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Play of the day, stat of the day. Hear a little bit more from Steph Curry coming up. Also, Aaron Rodgers, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. All right, what's the trivia question, McLovin, that oh. you left the audience hanging in suspense? Okay, so this one young player under 30 has been, has three of the most prolific three-pointers made seasons of all time. He's in the top 12 of all these. He's a young player that you love and a team that only you watch. All right. Well, there's a lot of bad teams that I watch. Um, Trey Young. No, uh, even worse team. <laughs> Far worse team. Oh, far worse team. Yeah, Paul. Based off the hint of team nobody watches, but Dan does, Bradley Beal? No. Uh, no. Buddy? Like, Buddy Healed? Buddy Healed. Oh, my and Sacramento it, Kings. You look at the all-time list, he's actually higher up than you'd think already, but he's 28. I thought he was a little younger than that. Mm. Yeah, he let me down in the NCAA tournament. Oh, against Villanova. He got blown out. <laughs> I know. I picked Oklahoma to win it all that year. Uh, and Buddy Heald is on the uh, trading block there in Sacramento. He really has great numbers. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. should, should, should the Sixers or Lakers want that guy? Oh, I'm sure that somebody does, but he's going to cost you. You're going to have to pay him, and what do you give up to get Buddy Heald? All right, um, you guys are having a discussion. When I walked out during the commercial break, McLovin and Paulie, what, so what's the discussion? I sent a poll question idea to McLovin. Okay. You need 1-3 one, three one, to win three. Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Right. So it's not just a game. 1-3 mm -hmm. to Game 7 of the NBA Finals. I think I put Ray Allen, Steph Curry, Larry Bird, and Reggie Miller on there. Those are my four top all-time. A three to win an NBA title. And McLovin goes, well, Michael Jordan. And I said, no, not on the three-point. So is it one shot or one three? Mine was three. Okay. And McLovin suggested Michael Jordan, even though he wasn't a prolific three-point shooter, his, would you say his clutchness? Yeah, he's got that clutchness. I, I got to admit, I, I was thinking one shot, mm. one three. You're right. It probably wouldn't be Jordan. But you've said that Jordan would have changed his game a little bit and moved it outside. Yeah, he had good form. And... That is if he felt like he needed that. I mean, if you had him shoot threes and you had to respect the three, oh my God. Because then you got to be up on him and then you're going to try to take away the three and then he's going to blow by you. I wouldn't put him on 
the list because he just didn't take enough of them. He had the he had the great moment against Portland where he was making everything, but I know that these other players do it and and did it with you know more frequency. Um, I didn't think Mike was a deep shooter, um, but he didn't have to. Yeah, McLovin. How about uh, Robert Ory? Yeah, he's done it. Absolutely. Now, you you got to create your shot, too, if you're thinking about that. If you say stand alone, then Ori Oreo, absolutely. But I would put Kyrie Irving on here because Kyrie did it against Golden State, against Steph Curry. I mean, Kyrie won the championship with the three. It's about creating your shot because there are a lot of guys that you can be a standalone and shoot, and that's the difference. You know, Reggie was always running, always running. And and he created his shot by running and then getting that open, you know, or create an opening and then make the shot. You know, Steph could beat you. Jordan could beat you off the dribble. Ray, earlier in his career, was beating you off the dribble. Uh, Dame Lillard beating you off the dribble. I mean, that's the hard part, is is getting the separation, creating the shot. Because... The guy who stands needs somebody to create. So you are alone. That Robert Ory was alone to hit those shots. Or Clay Thompson's alone to hit those shots. Yeah, McLovin. I keep thinking of Ray Allen's three when he was with the Heat yeah. against the Spurs. There is no more clutch. That was huge. Huge. Yeah, Paul. Something I've been thinking about, and you're the perfect person to ask. Pete Maravich played from 1970 to 1980. Mm-hmm. And, and he was a very good player. His numbers are very good. Not his college, not like his college numbers. The three-point line didn't come in until the 79-80 season. That's when Pete was on, I guess you'd say his last legs. He was not a good player. He, he in, a, in the first season, the three-point line was available. He shot 66% from three. Not volume, but he was that good. If the three-point line were there for Pete Maravich's entire career, would he be Steph Curry? I don't know if he'd be Steph. Would he have been dramatically better than the other deep shooters? Well, Pete was a scorer. You know, it was about volume with him. And if you go back to, he averaged 45 a game in college with no three-point shot. And I remember asking Dale Brown, the former LSU head coach, he went back and found the shooting charts of, of Pete Maravich when he was at LSU. Now, keep in mind, he's taking shots that if he takes a 17-footer or a 19-footer, it didn't, make, it didn't matter. They only counted two. So Pete would have used the three-point line in college. Pete would have averaged probably 50, 54 points a game. According to Dale Brown, when Dale sent me the shooting charts, and he said he went back and he was looking at where Pete was shooting from in college, he would have probably averaged over 50 points per game. Now, his dad was coach. He was able to shoot, and uh, he did freely. Uh, teams knew Pete was going to get 45. They just tried to shut down everybody else. But he's as good a scorer as I've ever seen and able to do it in a variety of ways. When you look back on him against the Knicks, when Pete put up 68 on the Knicks, and the Knicks were a good defensive team at the time, and they had three different guys rotating on Maravich. Uh, Dean Meminger, I think Walt Frazier was on him. And he had 68 and could have had 80 in that game. Uh, He had that ability. Imagine you score so many points that you get bored with scoring 
and it felt like Pete got bored with scoring. Like he wanted degree of difficulty. He loved fancy passing. You know, he was a he was a showman out there. And and so is Steph. I mean, there's there's the entertainer in you that comes out. Like he wants to entertain. You know, there's certain guys who played and like Kareem wasn't an entertainer. Kareem was just great. You know, Charles Barkley was an entertainer. Kobe, an entertainer. Like they wanted that. They're like, it's like a lead singer in a band. Or not even having a band. You were just you, a standalone solo artist. And you had that ability to go out there in the biggest moments and embrace those. And Maravich was like that in college, and to a certain degree in the pros when he was with New Orleans and Atlanta, uh, later in his career with uh, the Boston Celtics. Uh, Bird, I always thought, was an entertainer, even though you would never, you would never get that from him. But I think there was the, I can make a pass, I can shoot this left-handed. Uh, he, had, he had some panache to his game that you normally don't think he does, but I thought he was an entertainer. Magic, obviously, was an entertainer. Like They, they loved the moment. They loved the spotlight. They ate it up. Certain players were just methodical. You know, they're just great players, but they, don't, they didn't do it with a, oh, I got to make this entertaining or more flair involved in this. Yeah, I'm clever. Can I uh, present a buzzkill system argument for a sure, second? Sure, sure. Is it, what if Mark Jackson had stayed at Golden State and he wouldn't let Steph shoot all those shots, maybe? Maybe it could have gone differently. You know, it kind of, there was some, did they did they invent the system for Steph or did Steph, was he so good that they invented the system or was it a combination of both? Because they started opening up their offense and flying around. But Mark Jackson, he never had those big numbers. Well, Mark was a more of a defensive-minded guy. And I think Steve Kerr, even though Steve's one of the great shooters of all time, Steve had to be convinced that Steph could do this on a consistent basis. Because I think when we first started talking to Steve about Steph, he said that he was taking shots that he didn't like. He didn't like that he was taking these shots, but he said he's making these shots. And I think then you had Clay. So he realized what he had. So instead of saying, hey, I want you to play to my system, he created a system for them. And I think that's really part of the genius here. But Mark Jackson deserves a victory lap, too, because he saw greatness in Steph. He certainly saw it in Clay Thompson. Because I remember talking to Mark Jackson, and I said, why don't you trade Clay for Kevin Love? That was a big topic at the time. And he goes, Clay is... He might be the best two guard. He goes, he's a great defender. He's a great shooter. Now, you're not thinking that because here's Kevin Love who's putting up 30 points and 30 rebounds in a game one night. He was averaging 25 and 13. And I'm thinking, God, could you imagine him with Golden State? It was, Clay was averaging 18. But then you started to realize that Clay was, you know, just getting his confidence. And, and he was not, he didn't, didn't shy away from the moment. But Mark Jackson knew, and I remember him telling me, and he would remind me, Clay Thompson, he would just say, Clay Thompson. And I go, yeah, you're right. So Mark deserves a lot of credit, too, for that system that they have there. I still go back to Loyola Marymount, you know, with what, what, what was created by Paul Westhead. And that ability to, we're going we're gonna to give you two, we're taking three. 
and we want to run. I mean, that that's a unique system, and a lot of teams are doing that now. And, you know, you did have Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball, and they weren't three-point shooters. But he created this system that was, we're taking a three, we're giving you a two. Because back then, people, you know, you weren't buying into, we're going to take threes. And, and then people started to look at what they were doing and how dangerous they were, and then they started implementing that system slowly. Remember when Bob Knight in Indiana beat UNLV for the national title with Steve Alford? We thought, oh my God, Indiana can't score enough points, and you know they're they're not going to be shooting uh, three. Well, that's when that's when the three pointer came to light in college basketball because Indiana beat UNLV at its own game by shooting. I mean, Alford was great shooting threes. You know, back then you still weren't shooting that many. It wasn't volume, but you you did start to see it become more of a weapon. Yeah, McLovin. No, I always find fascinating system-wise. Pat Riley had the Showtime Lakers, and then he turned it into pro wrestling yeah. in the 90s. Yes. His ability to win with magic, and then he can make it Greco-Roman wrestling. And it was let's score 130 to let's score 88. And, you know, he was successful. And then with the Miami Heat, building the Miami Heat. Uh, you know, so he built winners at three different you know, stops there with three different kind of systems that he had. All right, uh, so what's the poll question we're going to go with? Okay, we actually have up on the site is Steph Curry ruining basketball. I'm sorry, is that too strong a word? You said is it good for the game. No, 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 because people aren't going to understand that. Jeez. Like, you got you got to say it, but you have to say, as you said earlier, not is he ruining the game or bad for basketball. I wondered if in the moment last night, as he's being celebrated – has he been good for the game from the standpoint of everybody seeing Steph Curry and want to, being like, want to be like Steph Curry? It'd be like if I picked up the guitar and wanted to be Jimi Hendrix. Well, Hendrix, I mean, look at that. Anybody can do that. I mean, the only thing I could do that Hendrix did is I could light it on fire, and that'd be it. Yes, yeah, he your, your phrasing is so interesting because when you, when you hear... Has he been good for the game? I'm not sure he has. Yeah. It is a, it's the other way of saying that is, has he been bad for yeah. the game? Yes. It's not his fault. No. It's the imitators. That, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be criticized here. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Uh, I don't do hot takes. He's got a hot take. Yes, boy. Mahomes, bad for the league, question mark? That's next. Bad for quarterbacking. It'd be like if you'd said, try to emulate Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. Carson Palmer, who played the game, said, we tell our young quarterbacks, whatever you do, don't try to emulate Aaron Rodgers. Because Rodgers Rogers does it in a way that you go, huh? Or Patrick Mahomes. There's certain guys where you go, I don't know how they do it, but I want to do it. Yeah, McLovin. I think it's the same exact argument. I th I've seen young quarterbacks try no looks and throw it right into the linebacker's head. Yeah. I think it's very similar. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, I don't agree that Steph Curry's overrated, like you said earlier. <laughs> I no, didn't say I don't. He was <laughs> You've said he's underrated many times, actually. Yes. Like, you know, I picked him to be MVP last year. 
I picked Golden State to win the West this year. You've been very consistent. I, I was joking. I, I love I love Golden State. Uh, you know they play defense. They they're they're a formidable team, and Clay's coming back. But it's just everybody wants to be like Steph Curry, and because of his brilliance, that everybody thinks they can do that. And the fact that he's you know if he was Luca, like Luca's different. You know Luca's six seven six eight. You know two sixty. Steph could walk in and you go, that's Steph Curry? You mean he, he would look like a normal person coming in? If he walked onto the playground and you didn't know who he was, he's going to wait a little while before he gets picked, probably. Yeah, I'm Clement. You have the ultimate walk-off on Steph Curry. You actually told the Minnesota Timberwolves GM on air, you should draft this guy. <laughs> David Kahn. Before the draft, I said to David Kahn, you should draft Steph Curry. <laughs> That's your lollipop, too. I know that. <laughs> you love I mean, it's like your all-day sucker is Steph Curry. I love it. <laughs> He's probably in your basement right now playing video games with your kids. I tried to tell David Kahn. <laughs> I tried to tell him. To That's Steph hard. Curry. I know. Every time I'd have him on, and then I would remind him that he should have taken Steph Curry. Yeah, Paul. David Kahn was there at Madison Square Garden last night working the concession stand. Oh, in, uh, tier two. Oh, not that's, nice. that's not nice. That's, that's not He's nice. probably doing very well for me. Yeah, I'm sure he is. <laughs> not true. Sure. That is mean-spirited, Paul. <laughs> Well, I don't actually don't know if he was working there or not. David Kahn showed Spike Lee to his seat. <laughs> he showed uh, Del Curry to his seat. Not nice. nice. No, not nice at all. Yeah, McClellan. He accused you of having Steph Curry playing video games in your basement. Yeah, I know. That's that. It's not true that he wasn't playing video games in my basement. He was not. All right. We'll take a break. We'll settle on a poll question. Play of the day is coming up next. Uh, I can just see the headlines. What I've created. This is where the audience will go to bat for me, and then they'll say, you got to hear it in context. <laughs> At least I hope they will. <laughs> yes, Todd. While everyone was celebrating Steph Curry, <laughs> one famous talk show host decided to take things in an ugly direction. Oh, boy. Play of the day's up next. Just found out yesterday that two more graduates of Full Sail University's Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting got jobs on the air. It's been almost four years since we announced that we were starting the School to Sports Casting. And uh, we have over 400 active students, over 100 graduates. They get hands-on experience in a variety of areas. They're learning all the facets of the industry, being in the studio, in the control room, in the press box, in front of the camera, behind the camera. If you're going to do play-by-play, our students come out ready for a job, and our grads are proving that. If you or anybody you know is looking to get into this field, give our school a look. In about half the time, you can earn your bachelor's degree. You earn that degree in sportscasting, not journalism, not communications, sportscasting. You can choose to earn your degree online or on Full Sail's beautiful campus in Orlando, Florida. To learn more about the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, go to fullsail.edu slash Patrick. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Oh my God! The play, the play, play. of the day. Left side, got it. Play it and play it. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Wiggins comes across, working on Fournier up top to Curry. Quick release and splash! There it is. The best shooter the game has ever seen has cemented his legacy. No one has made more threes than Stephen Curry. That's courtesy of 95.7 The Game, the Warriors Radio Network. Steph has made 52 three-pointers at Madison Square Garden, most by any active player. He averages 4.7 made three-pointers at MSG, the most of any road venue that he's played in at least 10 times. That's your play of the day. Play of the day is brought to you by Masterclass. Remember Steph Curry was teaching Masterclass how to shoot last year? It's awesome, his yeah. Masterclass. Yeah. So good. You can get that gift. Give the gift of Masterclass unlimited access to online classes from the world's best, and you can give one annual Masterclass membership. Then you get one free at masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms do apply. All right, let's pick a poll question there, McLovin. Okay, we actually did put up, has Steph Curry been good for the game? 74% said yes. <laughs> um I think we should go with if you have one three-pointer. Mm. Question is, who do you put on there? Obviously, Steph, Ray Allen, Reggie, Reggie Miller. Then do you put Bob Ori? I think you do. Big shot, Bob. Do you put Larry Bird on there? And then Larry Bird. See, it's too tough. There are too many great shooters. Okay. Um, you know, Todd brought up a question. Do you want to be the guy who got shot over on that last play? Alec Burks will go down in NBA history. Nah, nobody's going to care. Nobody wants. Okay. No. Who gave up Barry Bonds' record-breaking home run? Gosh, the only name, no, I have no idea. I know Al Downing gave up Hank Aaron. Yeah, that's it. That's the only one, yeah. Do you know who gave up Roger Maris's home run? I think it was Tracy Stollard, but like it's so you don't remember that. Yes, it, but guys in that position love to talk about it, yeah. right? Like, uh, how many people have we had on and been like, "Oh, you played in Kobe's eighty-one when he scored eighty-one. Yeah. You were in that game." He's yeah. like, "Yeah, he put up thirty on me," and it's all—it's kind of a cool story. I wouldn't mind being that guy. I remember saying something to Jack Billingham. He was a pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, and he gave up Hank Aaron's seven hundred and fourteenth home run. And I remember joking with him about it. And I said, yeah, you know, something about, hey, you gave up number 714 to Hank. Like we were sitting around with a bunch of former Cincinnati Reds players. And I remember giving him a little grief. And he goes, how many bleeping home runs did you give up in the show? And I go, none. He goes, yeah, at least I was there to give up a home run. I go, <laughs> okay. The show. <laughs> yeah. I know they call it the show. Yeah. Uh, I, none. I could have. I could have given up a lot of home runs in this show. But, I, yeah, I remember Jack Billingham scolding me. Yes, McLennan. A guy who made a career out of it was Ralph Branca, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for Bobby Thompson. Bobby Thompson's famous uh, home I run. Did, we did have a discussion. What's the worst getting shot on? Is it, Choices are Craig Elo. Oh. Ryan Russell. Uh, Tyron Lue getting stepped over by Allen Iverson. Oh. Ooh. 
I threw in Michael Cooper getting dunked on by no. Dr. J. I don't know if there's more. Well, if, if it's going to happen, you want it to be... You want to be in a play where somebody's legendary. You don't want to be in a play where it's some nobody who does something to you. Man. I mean, Brian Russell got pushed by Jordan. Craig Elo, he just kept going up, and then he started to come back down, and Michael kept going up and then hit the shot. Ty Lue with Allen Iverson, that was mean. Michael Cooper, you could see Michael Cooper when Doc is, you know, going to cradle it, and then Mike goes up, and then he goes, "Nope, I'm ducking. I'm ducking for cover there." I, I'd probably want to be Michael Cooper, just because I'm like, I, man, I, I wasn't afraid of Doc. I was up there. It just he kept going up. Yeah, Seaton. Speaking of, it just keeps going up. Vince Carter over Frederick Vice. <laughs> That one's bad. Fredo has no second act. Like, Craig Elo and Byron Russell were good NBA players. Frederick Weiss, nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, Todd. But doesn't the significance of the shot, uh, to a certain extent, dictate what we think about that also? When you see Michael Jordan's reaction over Elo, when there's something more on the line. Okay, who was guarding Ray Allen when he hit the shot to beat the San Antonio Spurs? Who was guarding Ray or uh, Robert Ory when he hit big shots? Nobody knows. Nobody remembers. But how much is it the name, remembering the name versus every time if you see a photo or video of that, then that's, you know, for that person we were talking about, you don't want to be the Nick. But you want, you want to be able to say, look, I did that. And anytime anyone sees a picture of that or an LFT or video of that, that's you. That's you in that shot. So, like, what? I, don't, I, I don't know if they care about, like, that their name is remembered, but they're what always. What did you gonna... say? LFT? What is it? The, uh, the little. It's an the... NFT. NFT, whatever NFT. it is. What is an LFT? I have no idea. I think you just invented it. BLT, you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah. LFT. I don't know what you're talking I about. I think LFT has to do with blood work. I think. <laughs> I meant to say NFT. Thank you, Todd. But I don't think these guys care like their name is remembered okay, as much I'm as look, that's me. I'm trying to understand. Right do you, do you want to be yes, the guy? I do. Okay. All right. That's... I think it would be cool to be attached Alec to Burks, that. no one's going to remember. Nobody cares. But I think it's special for him because he's not going to have some Hall of Fame career or anything like that. That may be the only thing that he's got to be able to point to when they have a picture or a video of that. That, that was me in that moment. Okay, if that's all you have to show for your career, and you the didn't have a of career. That you get paid yeah, to be you didn't have a career. Yeah, Paul. I think the toughest part, speaking for all of us who can't jump, Craig Elo embodied the white guy can't jump thing. His arm is flailing back at Jordan. Jordan is just sitting there in the air for a little bit, mm. and Elo's little arm is going backwards. He's a, he was a very good player. But the, the visual that we know we can't jump, you don't have to personify it. Yeah, Craig Elo, I go back to, this is probably 1984, and it's the Celtics and the Rockets. And I remember prior to NBA Finals games, Craig Elo worked out as if he was practicing. He, this is prior to the game. He didn't play in the game. And I kept thinking, man, this guy really works out hard. And then he eventually went to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then he, he was a good player for the Cavs. And then that moment where the defense broke down or Mike broke down the defense and Jordan hit that shot, put his team into the playoffs. And then the other moment that Craig Elo had was – Larry Bird once said to him on the floor, I think it was, where's your mom? 
Like if he was saying, did your mom drop you off at the game? He looked like he was a little kid. And Bird's like, uh, uh, your mom dropped you off here? Uh, LFT is, is that liver function test, on? An LFT would be a liver function test, a blood test that can provide information about how well your liver, liver is working or if it's under stress. Not an NFT. Not, not a non-fungible, fungible token. <laughs> it's the LFT measures the levels of a number of proteins and enzymes produced by your liver cell. All right. Thank you, Tom. So hopefully that clarified that. No, it didn't. Uh, all right. So we, we're going to stay with that poll question. We're going to put up, uh, you get one three-point shot. See who right, people vote for. Right. I'm curious. All right. All right. I love Draymond Green's reaction to uh, Steph Curry's three-point shot last night. We'll have that for you coming up. And we'll hear on uh, from Aaron Rodgers on questions about his future. And is he going to take a game off in the final month of this season? Have that for you coming up. Rodney Harrison, former Patriots, going to join us a little bit later on as well. And more on Steph Curry's memorable night. One hour in the books, two more to go. Seton, Paulie, Fritzy, McLovin, yours truly here on the Dan Patrick Show. One more item. We close out this first hour. The uh, second latest bedtime for Sleep IQ sleepers was Christmas Eve, right behind New Year's Eve. The worst average Sleep IQ scores occurred on New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve, and the 4th of July. We know quality sleep is essential for optimum health, performance, and well-being. And the holiday season can be festive and fun, but also very stressful. Gift shopping, decorating, hosting, traveling, it takes a toll. So quality sleep is essential. There's a few tips that Sleep Number will uh, mention to you. A pre-bedtime routine tells your body when it's time to unwind. How about a screen-free bedroom? Save up to $500 on the select Sleep Number 360 smart beds during the Sleep Number holiday savings event, plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required See Sleep sleepnumber.com slash Patrick for details. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League.